Um, I know the president's leaving shortly, uh, so I'm going to keep this relatively short. A uh, couple things from yesterday. The president signed four bills, SJ Res uh, 34, which disapproves of the FCC regulations that would have imposed new privacy standards on Internet service providers, allowing bureaucrats in Washington to pick winners and losers in the industry. We've discussed that before. H.J. Resolution 83, which disapproves of a Department of Labor regulation extending the statute of limitations for claims against employers failing to maintain records of employee injuries. H.J. Res 69, the disapproval of the Bureau of Land Management regulations that would limit Alaska's ability to manage uh, hunting of predators on national wildlife refuges in Alaska and H.R. 1228, which makes technical amendments to the appointment procedures of members of the Board of Congressional Compliance. Um, one quick note, I mentioned this before, but the number gets higher. We've now, uh, the President has signed 12 Congressional Review Acts. Um, passed In the past, all Presidents combined had signed one. So I think we have a vastly different um, attempt to roll back regulatory reforms that are staying in the way of of um, freedom as well as business development. Um, also yesterday, the President spoke with the President of Peru and the President of Colombia to express his condolences for the devastation and loss of life by recent mudslides in the country. Uh, he offered the assistance to the United States government during this tragedy. And the President also spoke with President Putin of, Russian, of the Russian Federation to condemn yesterday's attack in St. Petersburg. He offered the full support of the United States government in responding to the attack and bringing those to justice. Uh, we had readouts of both of those uh, yesterday. Uh, with respect to today, this morning the President hosted a CEA CEO town hall. I think some of you uh, had the opportunity to go over there. The town hall was broken into four separate discussions, infrastructure, modernizing government services, workforce development, and the pro-business climate. A report released by the Pew Research Center yesterday showed an historic rise in public opinion about the economy. 58% of Americans say that the current economic situation in the United States is good, which is a 14% uh, jump from last year, the largest one-year improvement in the survey's history. It's also the most positive Americans have been about the economy since before the recession. The American economy is already showing improvements under the President's pro-job, pro-business policies. The President was glad for the opportunity to speak to the CEOs from many industries about what his administration is doing moving forward to make it even easier to create jobs in America and making it even easier to do business in the country. Uh, this afternoon, in fact, literally momentarily, the President will be taking off the White House to go speak at the 2017 North America Building Trades Unions National Legislative Conference. I'm not going to get ahead of the speech, but I think it's fairly safe to say that he looks forward to speaking to uh, the men and women who are building so much around our nation uh, and the issues that mattered most to them, bringing back well-paying jobs, jump-starting American energy, rebuilding our infrastructure and trade. Later this afternoon, the President will have several meetings, including EPA Administrator Pruitt, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, Congressman Dana Rohrabacher, Governor Torres of the Nord Northern Marianas Islands. And this afternoon, he'll have, we will have a background briefing here in this room at 4.30 uh, on the upcoming visit with President Xi. At four, um, and then um, we tomorrow, I know we had mentioned earlier in the week that there will be a uh, wounded warrior soldier ride. Uh, we're obviously tracking the weather on that. Uh, but this is really a great opportunity, and uh, I know that the team is working with several media outlets who want to cover this uh, to really uh, pay tribute to the men and women who have uh, fought and served for this country and, uh, and some of the uh, uh, efforts that they are being made now to really go out and, and show uh, how they've recovered so well and, and compete. Um, so while it may look like we're going to have some rain, 
um, I'll make sure that we share any updates with you. Last, before I, I get on to your questions, I just want to – we have a quick update on Syria. So I'm going to read the statement for you, and obviously, uh, as I conclude, we will, we will put it out. Um, Today's chemical attack in Syria against innocent people, including women and children, is reprehensible and cannot be ignored by the civilized world. These heinous actions by the Bashar al-Assad regime are a consequence of the past administration's weakness and irresolution, period. President Obama said in 2012 that he would establish a quote-unquote red line against the use of chemical weapons and then did nothing, period. The United States stands with our allies across the globe to condemn this intolerable act. John. Thank you, Sean. I wanted to uh, pick up on that statement. Um, as you know, uh, with this chemical attack on this rebel-held Syrian town, at least 100 deaths have been reported, 400, at least 400 injuries. Uh, and I hope you could give some clarity in terms of the administration's position on Syria. Uh, Secretary of State Tillerson uh, just days ago said that the Syrian people themselves should decide the future of the country. And at the same time, the UN ambassador, the US ambassador to the UN, Nikki Haley, has said that Assad is a war criminal. So you just criticized President Obama's policy on Syria and the red line. What will the administration do in response to what we saw take place there over the past 24 hours? Thanks. Um, I think the statement speaks for itself. I think a couple things. One is statements by both Secretary Tillerson and Ambassador Haley um, speak to the political realities of the situation in Syria in terms of uh, I think we had opportunities in the past several years uh, to look at regime change. I think those are fundamentally the, – the landscape is fundamentally different than it is today. That being said, I think um, the president has made it clear in the past, and I will reiterate that today, that he is not here to uh, to telegraph what we're going to do. But rest assured that I think uh, he has been speaking with his national security team this morning. Um, and we will continue to have that discussion both internally with our national security team as well as uh, with our allies around the globe. But I think the statement uh, pretty much speaks for itself uh, what we believe that is, um, and then and then we'll go from there. Sean, do you think there's any confusion with those two statements that I read earlier, one from Secretary of State Tillerson and the other from the U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley? No, as I, I said, one of them is just uh, – a statement of the – or both of their statements re, with respect to Assad speak to the political reality of – it's great to say, you know, that, that there is almost a, a – an acknowledgement of the reality of the situation politically speaking in terms of his standing within the um, – where we stand. We, there is not a fundamental option of regime change as there has been in the past. I think we, we would look like uh, to some degree rather silly not acknowledging the, the, the political realities that exist in Syria. And that what we need to do is, is fundamentally do what we can to empower the people of Syria uh, to, 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 to find a different way. Right now, um, those statements stand very squarely with uh, what we will do today. I think that the, the comments uh, and the statement uh, are unequivocal when it comes to how we believe um, 
we view this attack on innocent people, uh, the heinous nature of it. Uh, but I don't want to get ahead of where we're going from here. Hunter. Just real quick, John, are you, are you, hold on. Hans, I know... The, 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 I, I know the point was... Uh, okay, no, no, it wasn't. Uh, Hunter is Hans. Hunter, Hans. Yeah, thank you, Sean. I know, it's... Um, I'll get back to you. <laughs> thank you. I'm wondering if you're at all concerned to see these reports of the chemical attacks coming right on the heels of the administration suggesting it's open to Assad staying in power. Are you worried there's any correlation between the attacks and the change in posture? No, I, again, and I, I don't think that... I, I would hardly characterize it as um, I forgot the way that you phrased it but I mean there's not a comfort level with the side I think it's a political reality that being said I think the idea that uh, someone would use chemical weapons um, on their own people including women and children is not something that any civilized nation should sit back and and accept or tolerate. And I think that is what we were making very clear today. Right, but in addition to you describing Assad as the political reality, um, Ambassador Haley said the priority is no longer to sit there and focus on getting Assad out. That's a direct quote. So this is clearly a change in posture. Do you think there's any, you know, correlation between sort of an in almost increased brazenness on his part and I, I don't, and, and I think that, uh, like I said, I'm not going to get into it, but I think the, the president is extremely alarmed at these revelations. Uh, he continues to meet with his national security team, and I think there will be further discussions around the globe uh, with our allies as far as the appropriate action. Hans. Thank you, Sean. Uh, thanks, Sean. Uh, are you certain it was the Assad regime? Is it possible that Russia was involved? Do you know the air platform? And then one final, do you know if any Russian forces were with Assad regime forces that launched the chemical attack? Yeah, I'm not going to get into I know that the, the president was briefed on this extensively this morning by his national security team, um, and I'm going to let the statement speak for itself because uh, we feel very confident in the statement that we're making. So that means no Russian involvement? And that means that the statement is very clear as far as who we believe is to blame and how we believe we're reacting to it. Zeke. Thanks, Sean. Um, in the statement, you, you were sharply critical of the past administration's policy right. with regards to Syria. I was hoping um, you can clarify, when does the president believe that he takes ownership of foreign policy? When, you know, obviously, every president can always blame their predecessor, but the, ne the need to put that criticism in this statement now, condemning the use of chemical weapons and committing a war crime overseas, why take the pod shot of his predecessor? And when does the president truly well, I mean, own I think that, that it's very clear. I mean, we, we drew what, – what's the point of red lines – America's credibility was at stake, and I think uh, the president wants to point it out that um, that there was a red line, and they did cross it. We did talk about – we did have alternatives to regime change, and they weren't taken. And I think that's a very, very different uh, – it's important to acknowledge the difference in the change in, in our posture um, and, and how we will go out from here. So I, I think it is a big difference. So what is the, that change in the posture? I, I, I understand. I, the statements speak for itself. I think I'm not going to get into to what actions we're taking. Obviously, I, I get you want to do that. Those are the decisions. It's the national security team continuing to make recommendations to the president. But until we do anything, I'd, I'd rather not get ahead so of it. So the, the next crisis, maybe it's not Syria. Well, you know, is the president going to criticize President Obama for, for, for trade policies when he meets with President Xi uh, later this week. Is it, is it every foreign policy statement something It's going to depend. I mean, I, I don't want to say yes or no. I mean, I think that's going to depend on, you know, what our posture was towards that uh, country or regime or policy. I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, did you ask that same question of President Obama when they literally spent a year, two years blaming the Bush administration for everything that was wrong? Uh, I, I, no, I, but, but I, I mean, I think that, look, 
Right now, we're 70-something days into it. I think there's no question what their position was with respect to Syria in terms of red lines and regime change uh, and, the, and the, the lack of action that they did take. I think we want to make sure that we're very clear that, that there is a different posture. Is, sure. is President Trump willing to draw a second red line to discourage the Assad regime from using <coughs> chemical weapons on his own people? I think that our, the statement is pretty clear. On this trade, the United States stands with our allies to condemn this intolerable attack, and I think uh, going forward we will we will have more on this. But I, I'm not. I think we want to be very clear where we stand. I know uh, countries throughout Europe are reaching out, uh, making it clear what their position is. There's been some calls for action in the UN Security Council. I think at this point, as things develop, uh, I'm not ready to, to talk about our next step, but we'll get there soon. Caitlin, does the White House agree with Rand Paul that Susan Rice should testify? I think uh, that's uh, – again, I'm not going to start getting into who should test it, but I do think that it is um, – uh, I know that, that she's about to make comments to a, a, a host to, you know, that, to, to minimize this, but it is interesting. She was the one who went out and said she, quote, had nothing to do with this on a program a few weeks ago, and now, you know, I continue to see more and more reports. So I, I, I think, uh, you know – it's 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 not for me to decide who should testify or how they should do it, but I do think that there is a sharp contrast between a few weeks ago when she was very public and saying she quote had nothing had, didn't have any clue what Chairman Nunez was talking about, and yet now we're finding out that you know she's trying to figure out how she can go to some kind of friendly way of of discussing this. Uh, but all yesterday there was an opportunity, um, from my understanding, of several people to reach out. I didn't hear anything except for a quote one network described it as a person close to her. Uh, which I think is rather interesting, that you would assume that if you stood by the comments that you made several weeks ago, that you wouldn't need someone who just was close to you to define it, to defend it. Uh, oh, so, yeah. Steve? It's like CNN saying that it's a diversion. The well, Susan Rice story is a diversion. I, I, I think I'll let CNN speak for themselves. I find it interesting that um, you, you – I don't know how many reports – they. I, I get that at some point they have an invested – angle and narrative in this, but the reality is, and again, I'm not going to keep going into every uh, turn and twist uh, about this, but I think that, as I noted yesterday, the more we find out about this, um, the more um, we learn that there was clearly something there and that there was a lot of activity. We've seen people both on the record and in comments talk about their activities. I think it's interesting, as I noted yesterday, and I, I, you know, I read some of the comments afterwards, but the default from at least some uh, media outlet seems to be to rush to the defense of the Obama administration and the activities there instead of, you know, so-called so want to get to the bottom of this. But there is an immediate attempt to defend certain actions like that on one side of the aisle and an immediate rush to judgment uh, on the other side, which, you know, I, I get that people don't like to hear that, but that is the reality. If you look at the two situations that occurred, there is no question the way that some networks are handling one set of circumstances versus another. Uh, it is clearly an attempt to preserve a narrative and to defend one side of the aisle versus another. John, Steve. John, generally, generally speaking, would you like to see Assad step down or out of power somehow in Syria? I think it's in the best interest of the Syrian people uh, to not have anybody who uh, would do the kind of heinous acts. Any leader that treats their people with this kind of activity and death and destruction. I mean, it's just, yeah, I don't think that anybody would wish this upon anybody. And, and are you confident that the United States will respond to this attack in I, some I'm way? Not, I, I'm, 
I, I would not want to get ahead of the president at this point. I, I do think that the statement is, is fairly strongly worded for a certain reason. And lastly, has he specifically talked to any allies about this this morning? Uh, I'm not sure that he's spoken to any leader specifically. I know the team has been in contact. He spent an extensive amount of team this morning getting briefed by um, the intelligence community as well as his national security team. Hallie. Sean, so I want to follow on that, and then I have two other topics for you. You said, I know you don't want to get ahead of the president, and you're letting the statement speak for itself. You also said that you want to empower the people of Syria to find a different way. Mm -hmm. How will the United States help them? Yeah, I, I don't think, again, we, we need to look at options at this point. I'm not going to get ahead of the president and the team. Um, I think right now our, our concern is for the people of Syria and the victims of this attack. We have plenty of time to chart a way forward. Okay, so let me just ask you this. On the Susan Rice story, you said yesterday you believed that it was moving in a troubling direction. What do you find troubling about that story? Well, I, I, I find it troubling that someone would go out and talk about the fact that they, quote, had – and again, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but I believe she made something to the comments. I have no idea what Chairman Nunez is talking about. Um, and then through a person apparently that's close to her uh, continuing a narrative, but yet more and more news outlets are reporting that, that there was something there. And um, there's a question I've seen enough. Um, you, you saw Secretary, I mean, uh, former Director Brennan talk about that, that if people were leaking this information, it's treasonous. Uh, you have questions about what was the motive behind it. If it didn't have intelligence value, if it wasn't part of an ongoing investigation, what was the reason that somebody would have been, been amassed? The extent to which it goes. I think those are all very – I mean, there is a civil liberties component to this uh, that should be very troubling um, in terms of the, the revelations that keep coming out. But so to pick up on that, do you believe it is improper for a national security advisor to request the unmasking of names? It would depend on the purpose of that. It, I, it again, it depends on the purpose of why they were asking and what they were trying to accomplish. So but if you believe this purpose was politically motivated, no, 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 I, 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 okay. no, no, I, I'm not. Please don't. I'm not putting words in your mouth. Well, Michelle you are. You said you believe. <laughs> Um, okay, and, and I think the answer is that I think why I'm saying that we're going in a troubling path is I think that where what we continue to see is that there's a lot coming out that says there was no value in this intelligence. And so the question is, why was somebody unmasked if that was the case? What what was the purpose of, of requesting it um, and how, you know, the extent of which it occurred? If there is no intelligence or criminal value in it, why was somebody requesting it? Um, how far did they do it? Who did they share it with? But I, I believe that there are more questions than answers at this point. My last question on health care. There's yeah. been a lot of discussion in the last 18 hours or so on the revival, potentially, of this health care yeah. bill. Speaker Paul Ryan said today it's in the concept stages, if you will. Can you talk about the White House's role in this and specifics? Are community ratings now on the table? Uh, Pre-existing conditions, will yeah. those be protected as the president? Um, made that I, I think yesterday um, Chief of Staff Priebus and some others hosted a group, of the Tuesday group folks here in the morning. I know the Vice President and um, Mr. Priebus went up to Capitol Hill later in the afternoon. I know they've got some additional meetings today, um, I believe back on Capitol Hill. They're having some folks here. The President had a discussion with a couple of members uh, in the House and the Senate over the weekend. Um, I, I think that our, our goal is, and I know Chairman Walden of uh, the House Energy and Commerce Committee has been talking to his members in particular and members of the different uh, caucus is in, and groups up there and I think has some ideas that he thinks could be very helpful. Um, he's talked to leadership. I think if we can the same the same narrative that we've been talking about for a while, if we can get that group to get to 216, um, then I think that we'll, we'll move forward. I think the talks have been very productive. So back live, would you say? I, I think the president, as a, look, the president would like to see this done. Um, 
if we can get a deal and and it gets to those votes, uh, which again I I'm not going to raise expectations, but I think that there are people more and more people coming to the table um, with more and more ideas about how to how to grow that vote, um, and I think on both not not just not just in the House, but we've had some discussions as well as in the Senate. But I think both the chief of staff and uh, and the vice president feel very optimistic with with the tone of the conversation um, and the ideas that are coming out and the willingness of folks to find common ground. John. Sean, could you talk about this uh, Eric Prince business, this idea that he was trying to create a back channel between yeah. the president and, and Russia? Um, I mean, his closeness to this administration, his sister being the education secretary, right. certainly creates an appearance, but could it also be problematic for the White House from the standpoint of, well, this is what the Obama administration might have been looking into in scanning intelligence reports? Look, I, I've, the, the thing that's interesting about the story um, is when you look at it, it's it's. I mean, respectfully, I would call it flimsy. I mean, they, they use the first thing. The meeting took place around January 11th. He had no quote formal role with the campaign or transi- transition team, although he apparently presented himself. Um, he quote has ties to people, right? That's plural. When you go through the story, the tie that they have is that he appeared on Steve Bannon's radio show. When you look at the radio show, it says that he appeared on Steve Bannon's radio show in November. Steve Bannon gave up the radio show in August. I, I think that this idea that somebody who admittedly on both sides, we say that he had no role in the transition. He says he has no role in the transition. But apparently he knows somebody who knew somebody who knew a guy in the UAE who also knew a guy in Russia and they had to fly to the Seychelles on or around January 11th, of which the government of the Seychelles says, quote, uh, they have no record of them being there. Uh, government officials in the Seychelles, they were not aware of any meetings. Um, but it is it is a bunch of flimsy pieces of information all tied together to create a sensational view. But just so we're clear, th- there is no there, – there's they can't identify the, the other individuals. They claim that the Eric Prince who went – uh, admittedly, by himself, by us, by others, has no role in the transition, and that his connection is quote ties to people is one he's related to what would become the Secretary of Education's sister, and two is he appeared on someone's radio show. Um, that that doesn't seem to pass muster with with a great deal of strength to me. But, but would you acknowledge that this could be potentially problematic from the standpoint no. of this? This is this is you know it could give Susan Rice could give Susan Rice and out to say, well, this was the sort of thing that we were looking at, and this is why we're conducting a masking. Well, I think if you're looking at, I mean, you would hope that if that's what you were looking at, you'd get a lot more information than that. I mean, that to me, I don't, I, I, they don't know the date, who, who they met with, how they actually came into contact, what the exact ties were, or what, hap- what, what supposedly happened as a consequence to this, because they can't meet. Uh, they, there was no, apparently, nothing that came of it. So, again, I get someone may have visited an island, um, but there's no proof they actually ever met with an individual, nor that they had any ties, nor that they actually know the exact date, nor any consequence of a so-called meeting. Uh, I, I think that it is flimsy at best. Blake. Um, the president said earlier at that CEO town hall as it relates to infrastructure that uh, the package would be a trillion dollars and then quote, and maybe even more. Um, since a trillion dollars is a, a massive number to begin with, what might and maybe even more mean? I, I, again, I think that's part of what the team is working on. Uh, it's a number that's very consistent with what he has said since the beginning. Um, so I don't, I don't know why uh, this should be 
um, any different than, I mean, it's, it's, it's consistent with the numbers that he's used. And then let me ask you about uh, Dodd-Frank. He also said uh, that he wants to take a haircut to it. Um, Dodd-Frank is a law that the president can't unilaterally change. He can sign executive orders. So is he hoping to work with Capitol Hill for this major haircut? Is it solely through executive orders? How does that relate? Yeah, I, I think we'll have, a, we'll have an update further on that. It's something, obviously, there's, a, there's clearly, as you know, a legislative component to this, and, and we'll have more on that. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. Uh, I want to follow up on Hallie's question about health care. Mm -hmm. um, the proposed changes uh, are to the essential health benefits and the community ratings, uh, is there a concern that that would roll back protections for pre-existing conditions? That's obviously something that President Trump said he wanted to keep in place yeah. during the campaign. So one of these changes that health policy experts are saying would get rid of those protections, wouldn't that violate what well, President I, Trump Well, uh, and again, I, I would note to, to Hallie's question that we're not there yet. I mean, we're having discussions. It's... Uh, as I said, the chief staff hosted the Tuesday group yesterday morning, and then he and the vice president went up yesterday to talk to the Freedom Caucus. Um, I, I think part of this is I, I get that there are disparate interests that are trying to pull this to one side or another, uh, but I think that we we understand the, the core principles of this, and um, and we've got to make sure that we do whatever we do continues to get an outcome that grows the vote, not decreases the vote. And so um, I don't want to start prejudging where this thing is going to head at this point. So, you know, with that, I know the president's on his way. He's going to start speaking. So I'll catch you later. Enjoy. Thank you. Do you know the type of gas that was used in the attack in Syria?